Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is Inside Purple and Gold. If they go defense-heavy in this draft, Luke, is there enough? We're talking probably, I mean, in this case, you're maybe moving that first-round pick, or at least you're, you're certainly trading down as you get deeper in the draft. Are there enough guys that if you kind of have enough ammo, if you have enough darts, right, that you could start to fill out the defense? Or do you think that this draft is just not strong enough, that it's not worth trying to kind of fill out a defense in one draft, essentially? Yeah, I mean, every draft class is unique and special. Some people call it a snowflake, right? They're all a little bit different. They got their strengths and and weaknesses. (laughs) Um, Last year's class had no quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett was the only guy in the first round. This year, we're getting all the quarterbacks, maybe five in the first round, plus a handful of solid day three developmental guys, Stenson Bennett from Georgia, uh, Dorian Thompson from UCLA, tons of them. Defensively, again I mean last year's cornerback class was outstanding this year's cornerback class maybe even better which is wild to say when you look at if you go back and actually pull up last year's class and look at the cornerbacks that were drafted after one year how many outstanding cornerbacks were there this class may be even better the other two strengths are at tight end and running back both positions just stacked to the gills unfortunately Vikings really don't need any running backs or any tight ends as well right now so cornerbacks definitely a strength you get to linebacker and defensive tackle pretty weak, man. I'm not going to lie. I mean, unless you get one of those top-tier guys, it just gets thin pretty quick. Not guys that I would feel comfortable drafting, you know, in round three, four, or five and and feeling comfortable that that guy's going to be a starter this year mm-hmm. or at least play significant time. Not a ton of those guys. Now, Brian Asamoah surprised me. So, uh, I mean, never say never. And you never know until two, three years down the road. But cornerback is definitely the the strong suit. Now, two ways to look at it. 
Do you want to grab, you know, the best of the best at the top? Or do you want to take advantage of the value later on? Guys in round four or five that maybe any other year I'd have to use a second or third round pick on. So now I'm getting great value. Kind of the chicken and the egg, though, honestly. Like, do you build up the trenches like we were always taught for so many years, first and foremost? Because remember, you know, a, a you know good trench play, good pass rush, for example, that can make any cornerback look a lot better than they are when they only have to cover for three seconds every play. And also, you'll never get to those third and long situations that Brian Flores needs and loves to dial up these exotic blitzes, much like Zimmer, by the way. Um, you'll never get to those third and longs in the first place if you're not winning on first and second down anyways. So I think back to that Cowboys game last year where they got blown out at home and you watched them just get swallowed up, just get bullied in the trenches all game. And I just think it's really apparent, especially after letting Dalvin Tomlinson walk, they need just more big bodies up front. Two big bodied guys I loved in the draft, Mazzy Smith from Michigan and Dervin Dexter from Florida. Both massive, well over 300 pounds, more nose tackles than anything, which is good. I think Harrison Phillips gives him some flexibility to maybe slide out to five tech, which I think he's a little bit more natural at. And both those guys I mentioned, Massey Smith and, and Gervin Dexter from Florida, explosive, great first quick step for how big they are. They can really penetrate and get into the backfield. I know it's not a fun, sexy position. These guys get overlooked a lot. They drop a lot farther than they should sometimes. But if either one of those guys are there on day two, I would circle those names right now. But I think the big thing is, you know, circling back is that Flores, you know, a lot of people don't remember this. He uses a ton of sub packages a lot. And I think it was two years ago in Miami he was number one in the NFL in dime personnel, which is six DBs or four cornerbacks. And I'm not even sure the Vikings have six capable DBs no, right now on the roster. Honestly, I mean, Booth is a huge question question mark as much as I hope he pans out. He really, if you look at his track record, I don't know if he's played a full healthy season of footballs going all the way back to high school, not re-signing Duke Shelley. I don't know what you yeah. guys thought about that. That still keeps me up at night. And at the end of the day, you just want to draft the best players available in the class. And I guarantee you one of these top cornerbacks is going to be staring at you in the face at pick 23. And you just can't have enough good cover cornerbacks anymore because you've seen it, guys. This past heavy league, teams love to spread you out three, four, five wide and find that one little mismatch and try to exploit it. Joey Porter Jr., I mean, you, you – Think about Brian Flores loves to dial up these exotic blitzes. What he needs, he needs press man cover corners. And without a doubt, Joey Porter Jr. is maybe outside of Devon Witherspoon from Illinois, who may go as high as, you know, six to Detroit. Joey Porter Jr., man, he is the best press man cover corner in the class, without a doubt for me, uh, by a healthy distance, actually. He's so good. He's so aggressive. Plays with that feisty, you know, swag in your face. Stuff that you need at that position nowadays. I've heard a lot of J.C. Horn comparisons from the Panthers, who's he's already turning into one of the best young cornerbacks in the NFL right now. And I think he's even more fluid and more smooth, um, you know, just as far as his skill set goes, than J.C. Horn was coming out just two years ago. He went in the top 10 two years ago. So I think mm -hmm. if they don't go quarterback, right, if we just take that out of the conversation and off the table for a second, I think Joey Porter Jr. is the dream. Will he be there? I'll say as of right now, 
probably don't hold your breath. He could be, but there's so many uh, teams picking before the Vikings that could all justify cornerback. Philly at 10, Washington at 14, New England at 15, Detroit, Seattle, Chargers, Ravens, all of them. Any one of them took a corner, nobody bats an eye. I mean, they could all justify it. And and so it's serious, you know, shark-infested waters right before the Vikings uh, are on the clock. And I just don't see him falling any further probably than Pittsburgh because that's where his dad played. So if I had to put money on it, it just feels like the obvious choice when you, you kind of connect the dots with Mike Tomlin. Deontay Banks, just to give you another name, a, a backup or plan B, Deontay Banks from Maryland. He also excels in man coverage. That's what we want to look for. Guys who excel in that man coverage for Brian Flores. He crushed the combine. Numbers were off the charts. Porter has the size and the length to dominate guys just physically in man coverage that I just think you can't teach. So I would prefer him over Banks, but either one of those guys I think would be a great pick, especially for Brian Flores to start building this defense back up. Luke, let's go through a hypothetical. You're the Vikings GM. Mm -hmm. You don't trade up. The, the big four quarterbacks gone. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Uh, you're sitting there at 23. Hendon Hooker's there. Uh, your cornerbacks are there. That you're t- You talked about the, you know, the, the deepness of this draft. Um, I, I know some people have, have talked about receiver. I personally wouldn't hate a receiver there to, to pair him with Justin Jefferson long-term. What are you doing? Like, what are you taking at 23, knowing, you know, the forecast of this team, you know, two, three years down the road, the the idea that you probably need a rookie quarterback to start next year, the same idea that that you, your cornerback depth in the room currently is, is probably limited. Um, wh- where do you land on what would you do at 23 if you're not moving up, if those four, go- four guys are gone? Yeah, great question. And, you know, honestly, too, probably first thing I'm doing, I'm picking up the phone. If there's multiple guys that I like at cornerback and wide out and Hendon Hooker's there, and think about it, if four quarterbacks just went, that's four less quarterback needy teams yep. that are not a threat anymore, too. So maybe I feel a little bit of wiggle room here where I'm also, you know, if I'm trading back, I'm talking about trading behind teams that were just in the playoffs, i.e. probably means they have a good quarterback. Jags with Trevor Lawrence, Daniel Jones and the Giants, Chiefs, Bills, Cowboys, Dak Prescott. So now there's not so much of a threat there as well. First thing I'm doing is picking up the phone. One of the reasons I actually personally, uh, uh, maybe in the minority, I love Rick Spielman, he'd stockpile those uh, lottery tickets, right? They're just scratch-offs. I mean, as as much tape as we watch and uh, evaluation we do and get into the combine, do the mock drafts, nobody really knows, man. Uh, Honestly, at the end of the day, I think it's more about team fit and where some of these guys end up more than it is about the actual player and their talent. I'm trying to trade back. I'm trying to stockpile as much as I can get. It would be a shame if I lost Hendon Hooker in that range, but it sounds like there's still plenty of good options there. Maybe one of those elite uh, cornerbacks, those top-tier cornerbacks, or a receiver like Jordan Addison or, or you know Quentin Johnston from TCU. I don't think anybody should be mad or disappointed with a pick like that either. But if I can't get a deal done and I have to hand in the card, quarterback, you guys, is just too important of a position. They obviously didn't extend Kirk Cousins for a reason here. They got to bite the bullet on that dead cap at some point. Sure, like you said, they can keep kicking the can down the road. I just don't think it's what Quasey wants to do. I think Quasey's too smart. He knows that's just not in the big scheme, the big picture, uh, uh, just a wise decision. So I would rather get that guy in here now, 
I, I would roll the dice and take a gamble. And, and if you don't get Hooker, who are you going to get? Because there's such a massive drop-off from him to the next guy. A lot of people think it's Tanner McKee from Stanford. And again, I, I've said this before. If he doesn't have the ACL and he's, say, 22 instead of 25, I think he's being mocked in the top 10. Again, Heisman front runner before he got hurt. So I'm handing in the card. I'm rolling the dice on Hendon Hooker. And I'm not saying it's not a big deal. Like, yeah, we're invested now for the next three, maybe four years with this guy. But it's not like uh, like you can't draft another guy in two, three years if it's not working out, is my point. I mean, you're not overly committed. You're using the 23rd overall pick. You didn't trade up and give up a King's ransom or mortgage, mortgage the future for this guy. It's like, uh, you know, any other late first round pick that uh, Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman had that didn't pan out Laquan Treadwell or, you know, some other guys in the mix too. So I'm rolling the dice on the quarterback too important of a position. I want to reset my salary cap and finally have some money to play with and be able to at least at minimum retain my core nucleus of young guys, JJ Hawkinson and Christian Derrissaw. It's a good point. Like if it doesn't work out, God forbid, it's you just try again. The the world. Like, <laughs> well, right. And, and I mean, not what you want, obviously, of course you want to hit on the guy, but I just think people are tying this quarterback pick. If they do pick a quarterback with Quasey's job and KOC's job. And I just think it's way too early for that. I mean, if it doesn't pan out a lot of different factors, why guys don't pan out. Um, I just don't think it's the end of the world. Uh, again, especially on a rookie contract, 23rd pick. We're talking top two, top three, top five. Yeah, that's a little bit different. Uh, you, you're under the magnifying glass much more. But 23rd pick, I think he can roll the dice on a guy and, and you know, not feel like it's the end of the world in three years if you look back and it didn't pan out. You can always try again. For sure. Luke, I know you got another pod. We appreciate you coming on. One quick question. Mm-hmm. Uh, draft crush, who is it? And within, you know, quick, brief, two, three sentences, why? Who is your draft crush that maybe not someone who's going to go in the first round, not someone, maybe someone who's flying on the radar? Who's someone that in your, in your grinding of the tape you've fallen in love with um, that we should keep an eye on? Yeah, I already mentioned like draft crush. Go get your guys. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. Julius mm-hmm. Brents is probably my favorite. Go get your guys your draft crush for cornerback. But I'll give you a deep sleeper, Good. super de- deep class of wideouts in that second and third tier. Charlie Jones from Purdue. He was a transfer from Iowa. Didn't have a great quarterback at Iowa. Stayed in the Big Ten. Wanted to play with Aiden O'Connell. He'll get drafted on day three. He can really sling it. This guy ends up with the most receptions in the entire country with 110 and nobody's talking about him over 110 catches, which is just absurd at the college level. 110 catches is just wild. Second most receiving yards in the country and fifth most TDs with 12. I think he's one of the best kept secrets in the class. And if he's there in round three and you haven't drafted a wide receiver already, I would love to see him inside a KOC offense. And honestly, it's such a deep class. Jones being, you know, this guy's a six-year senior. He's 5'11", buck 75. He doesn't necessarily pop off at the, you know, at the combine and the, and the measurables and numbers. I'm sure you could find this guy on, I mean, for sure day three, but I'm, I'm even willing to say late day three, maybe fifth, sixth, seventh round, somewhere in there. That would be my favorite draft crush in that range, especially if they haven't drafted a receiver yet. Charlie Jones from Purdue. Love him. Awesome. Well, that's all we got for today. We want to thank Luke in for joining us. You can follow him on Twitter, Luke underscore Spinman. Um, that's, you know, great information. 
like like you said, it feels like Christmas, three days away, four days away. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be back later this week to kind of talk about the draft, you know, heading into it and then obviously reacting to the pick after it. Luke, want to thank you so much for joining us again. I know you got another podcast to get to. We will let you get out of here. Uh, for Luke Spinman, T- Tom Schreier, I'm Dane Mizutani. We will see you next time.